0: Second Kings chapter number six. six, second Kings chapter number six, good to have Bishop and Sister Wilson back home with us for a couple of days, amen, amen. If you'd like to be a part of growing BCS, uh, we took, a, we took a, a risk and hired a great staff, they're doing such a great job, uh, the tuitions will not cover, and so if you wanna be a part of that, you can make a monthly donation to Bethlehem Christian School, or a one-time donation, or a five-thousand-time donation—you can do it as much as you want. We will not stop you. But you can do that, and that will go to bless Bethlehem Christian School. Just write Beth- BCS or Bethlehem Christian School on the envelopes, and we can get that taken care of. Second Kings, chapter number six. If you found it, say "Praise the Lord." Verse number fourteen. Therefore, sent he thither, this is speaking of the king Ben Hadad of the Syrians, he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, Send a million angels. Lord, send a great army. Lord, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I'm going to give you a title that, that uh, just from the quick view of this scripture may not seem to make sense. I hope it does here in just a few minutes. I want you to, to write this down somewhere if you can that joy is a mindset. Joy is a mindset. Look at somebody and tell them joy. I didn't even have to say the rest of it. You knew what I wanted you to say, didn't you? Say joy is a mindset. mindset. Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint me to preach, anoint our ears to hear. Confirm your word with signs following. Let there be a mighty move of your spirit in this place tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would lift somebody up tonight. Let your mercy be manifested in a mighty way in this house, Lord. I bind every power of darkness that would try to hinder the move of your Spirit. We take dominion and authority over it. And God, we loose the presence and the power of your Spirit to have its way in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated tonight. God bless you. We live, and, and, and pardon me if, I, if, if, well, don't pardon me because I really don't think I need to be pardoned for it, but I, I'm starting to sound more and more like an old man when I say that we live in a weak generation. I'm not talking about you all. I'm talking about out there. Everyone is looking to be offended at something. Used to be you just have to toughen up and deal with life. Now there's a, I started to say a pansy excuse, but that's not politically correct, so I'll retract that and just say that that there's a lot of weak people that get offended too easy in this world. Every special interest has their feelings hurt about something. Everyone wants someone else to baby them. Amen. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about out there. This would be, if you're gonna say amen, this is probably the best place. Because the truth is the church isn't much better sometimes. We tend to be slow to rejoice and quick to whine. Too many Christians' default setting is sad, fearful. Anxious, negative, melancholy, dark, gloomy, discouraged, depressed, and unhappy. I told you you missed your chance to say amen a minute ago. In the passage of scripture that we used as a text tonight, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, had begun a war with Israel. Israel. The name Ben-Hadad means the son of Hadad. Hadad was an idol that the Syrians worshipped. The word Hadad in their language meant mighty, so this king called himself the son of the mighty. Ben-Hadad sent his army against Israel, and every time that he set up an attack against God's people, God would speak to Elisha, the prophet and he would inform the king of Israel where the enemy was going to be. And the army of Israel would be saved. It was such a regular occurrence that the king of Syria thought that he had a traitor in his own army. One of his servants, when the king said, find out, we need to find out who among us is for the enemy. And the the, the uh, one of the king's servants, he said, king... None of us have betrayed you, but there is a prophet of God in Israel, and God speaks to him. He tells, God tells this man of God what you're saying in your bedchamber. In other words, in the most personal, private place that you have in your whole kingdom, even that is not hidden from the man of God. Amen. The king of Syria said you got to send spies and find out where this man of God is. And he sent spies and and they found out they said the man of God is in Dothan. And in verse number fourteen of second Kings chapter number six, the Bible said therefore he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. Just imagine what This must have been like when the king mobilizes his army against one man. It's not like he is coming against an entire army. He's not coming against an entire uh, war party. He's coming against one man. And they creep in by night to try to avoid being detected because this king is so rattled by the word of God that is spoken through this man. And he sends horses and chariots. And the Bible said they can pass the city roundabout. The mobilized army is sent there for one reason. You've got to get the man of God, you've got to get Elisha. Because every time that we try to attack God's people, God speaks to that man. And God tells him what we're doing. And so if we're gonna if we're gonna destroy God's people, we gotta find a way to shut up the man of God. Amen. As far and so Elisha has what the Bible called a servant. In reality, it was more like a personal assistant or valet, somebody that would help him as he travels the country and as he 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 works with God's people that uh, he had this, this, this servant, and as far as we know, this servant is a healthy, strong, normal person. He can see perfectly fine in the natural, but he has problems seeing in the spiritual. And so now this army has surrounded, by night they've surrounded the place where the man of God was, the city of Dothan. And when the servant wakes up, and he goes out and he begins to look around. He sees the enemy's army surrounding them, horses and chariots and a great host, compassing the city. And here is what the Bible said about the servant. When the servant the man of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, How shall we do? He sees the enemy and he sees the force of the enemy and he is instantly overcome with fear and dread. It makes sense because the enemy sent enough soldiers to surround an entire city just to get one man that can hear from God. That ought to tell us something about the word that comes from the Lord for his people. If one word from God scares the enemy enough to send a whole army, we understand that there's power in the preached word of God. That when God speaks to the man of God, that it releases something in the spirit that terrifies the forces of hell. Let me tell you tonight, This is not just another sermon, and it's not just another church service, but what God is doing is releasing a word into somebody's life that terrifies the demons that have been sent to stop you and destroy you. If the devil's that afraid of the word of God, you ought to rejoice that you get a chance to hear it. You ought to say, God, let your word speak to my life. When God's word comes to God's people, it terrifies the enemy. It frightens the devil to think that we would get a hold of what God is trying to say tonight. Can I tell you that God knows the power of his word. He stood on the precipice of the universe and said, let there be light. And at his very word, things began to happen. And where there was nothing but darkness, light appeared and illuminated an otherwise dark universe. And then God created everything. And he speaks to this old world. He speaks to a mud ball that is in chaos and void and without form. And he says, let there be light. And there was light. And then he said, Let the light be divided from the darkness. And all of a sudden, uh, we have time that appears uh, day and night, minutes and hours and years all appear at the spoken word. My God, I feel something here right now. When God spoke, say, When God spoke. When God spoke, everything appeared. He divided the land from the water. He divided the sky from the earth. He divided the day from the night at the very word of God. When God said, let the earth bring forth creatures, every animal that you can imagine all of a sudden appeared by the spoken word of God. God knows how powerful his word is. And we've already found out that the enemy knows how powerful God's word is. Sometimes the only ones uh, that don't know how powerful the word of God is, is the people that the word has been sent to. Let me tell you, one word from God can turn your life around. One word from God can shake the devil out of your life. All it takes is one word to turn your marriage around. All it would take is one word from God and your children could be turned around. All we need is God to speak his word and your body could be healed in one instant, in one moment. The power. God, speak your word to my family tonight. God, speak your word over my life tonight. God, speak your word over my children tonight. God, speak your word into this church tonight. Now now, now notice, we have two men on the same side of the battle but with totally different outlooks on the situation. They were standing in the same place, serving the same God. You know, it's not like like they had cell phones and the servant was, was, was miles away calling back and saying, got bad news, boss. The enemy's out here. He, he's within earshot. He says, hey, boss, look out here. The enemy, horses, chariots, a great host. How shall we do? I, I don't know if there's a significance in how, that he said, how shall we do? Instead of what shall we do? I don't know that it matters. But I do know this. He's close enough. You have two men in the same situation facing the same enemy facing the same army, facing the same chariots, the same horses, the same weapons, standing in the same spot, in the exact same predicament, but they have two totally different views of the exact same situation. You have one man that all he can see are the gleaming swords of the enemy and the simmering chariots of his enemy. He sees the horses that are out there arrayed for battle. He sees the spears and the archers and the warriors. All he sees is the enemy, but standing right behind, right beside him is the man of God, and while the servant sees only the negative, and the servant sees only the problem, and the servant sees only the trial, and the servant sees only what could go wrong, there's a man of God beside him, and that man of God says, I don't see what you see. He said, God, open his eyes. He said, look, in, in, in verse 16, he's taking a man that all that man, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to drive a point home here. He's talking to a man that all that man sees is what can go wrong. What's bad, what's terrible, what's against me, what's coming against me, what's trying to kill me, what's trying to stop me, who's talking about me, who's coming after me. All he sees is everything negative and there's a man of God right next to him that says there's more that be with us that be with him. And the servant looks out there and he starts counting horses. And he starts counting chariots. And he starts counting soldiers. And if he counts much more, I'm going to get dizzy. All he's counting is what can come wrong with the situation. And then he looks at him and the man of God. That's an easy count. There's more that be with us than be with him. Two men in the same place facing the same enemy at the same time but with totally different viewpoints because one can only see the negative but the other one has an understanding that God has never forsaken me yet. God has never let me down. God has never failed me. God has never turned me over to the enemy. And if God brought me this far, God intends to show up Oh, Jesus, have mercy. Oh, God. Oh, man, I feel something wild coming up on me right now. God, you got to help me to get out what you want me to say because I feel like I'm about to blow up right now. Amen. Elisha prayed, and Elisha said, Lord. He didn't say, God sent an angel. God sent an army. God sent a deliverance. He only said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. The problem was not with God. The problem was in the vision of the servant. The problem was that the the servant Only had half vision. He only had natural vision. He only had worldly vision. He only had earthly vision. But what you need when you serve God is not only do you need natural vision, but you need supernatural vision. Open his eyes. God, my servant is having trouble. Let me just tell you something. When you get around people and all they see is what's wrong and what's bad and what's terrible and what's what's going wrong, what you're looking at is somebody that only has part vision. Can I get an amen? That when all somebody sees is how big and bad the enemy is and how impossible the situation is and how hard it is to get victory. When you see somebody, that's all they see. You're looking at somebody that needs God's eyes. God, I'm praying today that that person uh, that's drowning uh, in negativity, that's drowning in hopelessness and faithlessness, God, touch their eyes tonight. The person that thinks that the government can stop revival. The person that thinks that the economy can stop revival. The person that thinks that drug addiction can stop revival. The person that thinks that the devil can stop it. God opened their eyes that they can see. Let me tell you, you can have victory, you can have deliverance, you can have joy. I want you to put your hand on your eyes. God, open my eyes. God, that we might see. God, I pray you open the eyes of every soul that's in Bethlehem Church tonight. And God, the eyes of everybody that's watching online tonight. And God, the eyes of everyone that's going to listen to this service by some form of media in the future, God, I'm asking for you to anoint our eyes that we can see not what you're going to send, but what has already always been around us. Let me tell you something. God has always had you surrounded in every trial, in every problem, in every test, in every circumstance. God has already been with you. God didn't have to show up to pull you out God was there the whole time let me tell you something sweetheart you may be going through hell on earth right now but I've got news for you the power of God is with you right now the presence of God it's already there you just need to say God let me see oh hey do you feel what I feel here right now I feel revival coming to somebody I feel hope breaking in on somebody my God, somebody ought to just open your mouth and begin to make a shout of praise and a shout of victory. Your deliverance is already here. Your victory is already here. Your help is already on the scene.
1: Ha, ha, ha. Hatabasaba yo bosho ya. Eh, yere boshabat yere boshab. Ha
0: ha baba baba saba Let me tell you, God's not going to leave you and God's not going to forsake you and God's not going to let you down. God's not going to leave you to fight the enemy by yourself. God's not going to leave you alone. The Bible said that there were horses and chariots, but not just chariots of man, not just chariots of people, not just chariots of soldiers, but chariots of fire. The fire of God surrounds his people. There's a burning flame of Holy Ghost fire that walks with the child of God. Yay! I think it's the same fire that walked with them in the wilderness. It's the same fire that surrounded them on the mountain. It's the same fire that fell at Pentecost. It's the same fire that's here right now. The Holy Ghost is with you, sir. The Holy Ghost is with you, ma'am. God's protection is always at a different level than the enemy's attack. You just have to get the right vision. See the enemy. Here's here's the, the enemy only wants you to see his horses and his chariots and his soldiers and his weapons. He wants you so focused on all of the things that are against you that you can't see what is for you. And you need a man of God to show up and say there's more that be with us, then be with them. I've come to tell you, sir, there's more with you than there is with him. I've come to tell you that struggling in your marriage, there's more with you than there is against you. I've come to tell you, mama, you wonder if you could raise those babies. There's more with you than there is with them. Open my eyes that I can see God. Lord, I'm praying for a fresh anointing of faith to come into this house. I'm praying, God, for a restoration of spiritual vision. I'm praying let the eyes of our faith be opened up tonight. I've come to tell somebody, you need to rebuke negativity out of your spirit and out of your mind and out of your heart. You need to throw faithlessness out. You need to rebuke doubt out of your mind and out of your spirit. You need to rebuke the enemy that wants you only to see what's against you. Let me tell you something. The world might be against you, but God is for you. I'm for you. The church is for you. The people that are full of the Holy Ghost are for you. There is revival for you. So here's your message tonight. Joy is a mindset. Look at somebody, tell them joy is a mindset. Joy is a result of proper spiritual vision. People who are always melancholy, sad, and discouraged and see the negative are people who need to say, God, help me to get a balanced spiritual vision. Full vision gives joy, full vision gives hope, and gladness, and confidence. Amen. Here's the, here is what, let's look at the book of James real quick. I'm, I'm not going to try to be very long. I'm trying to get this, this thing landed real quick. James chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Hold on to your seats, folks. I might have to calm you down from shouting by the time I read this verse to you. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. I'm just going to give you a chance to to simmer down. I'm going to give you all a chance to calm yourselves. I I know the heart rates are up right now. That verse got you wanting to shout, didn't it? This verse is the key to understanding the book of James. If you don't understand this verse, the rest of James doesn't mean quite exactly what it's supposed to mean to you. This verse is saying to the 12 tribes, The people that know God, but they're scattered abroad. The scattering was the diaspora. It was a result of Roman persecution and persecution against the church. That people were suffering so bad in Jerusalem and in Israel because of the enemy. That they packed up their families and they went somewhere trying to find some peace trying to find deliverance, trying to find safety. They were so persecuted for their faith that they had been scattered abroad. Amen. I'm not talking about people that everything was going good. I'm not talking about a group of people that every bill was paid and there was no trouble, no trial that they woke up in the morning just whistling because life was so perfect and great and everything was so wonderful I'm talking about people that had ran for their literal very lives uh, to other parts of the world uh, just hoping to survive, if I don't get out of here, my babies might not make it, I can't get, I might not survive if I don't go and he's preaching to people that have an understanding of suffering and And tribulation, and here's what he tells them in verse number two: My brethren, count it all joy. Oh, my God, when you fall into divers temptations, when you have the trial of your faith and your faithfulness, when the enemy has you under attack, and when it looks like you don't think you can make it. Here's what you gotta remember. Even when you're scattered abroad, just remember this count it all joy, because joy is a mindset. Even when you're struggling against the enemy, you gotta count it joy. Even when it looks like you got no hope, you got to count it joy. When it looks like the odds are overwhelming you and there's no way to make it, you got to count it all joy. When you wake up in the morning and your nerves are on edge and you're wondering, can I survive this? Am I going to get through the day? You got to count it all joy. Oh Jesus. Oh, God. Teacher, mm. <laughs> you don't understand you, you, you've never had to deal with anything like this. Let me tell you, I know what it is to fight depression for weeks at a time. I know what it is to, to wake up in the morning and say, God i just send you kill me. I would never suicidal, but God, i just send you kill me and get me out of here so that I don't have to deal with the stress and the pressure. I understand that's not a proper mindset, but what I'm telling you is I understand how some of you feel. I know what it's like to have chaos around you, and you're almost afraid to answer the phone because you don't know what the next phone call might be. You don't know if it's going to be somebody upset about something or mad at this person or that person. Amen? And that's how I learned a long time ago that I can't let my joy become circumstantial. Let me just tell you, I can't let you all and how much you like or dislike me be, the, be the, the, the barometer of my joy. I can't open up the newspaper and see the stock market and say, oh no, the economy's crashing and let that be the barometer of my joy. I gotta find that my joy is in him regardless of what's going on in my world, regardless of what's happening around me. I gotta count it all joy. The devil's coming after me, but I'm counting it joy. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. All right, James, I get your point, James, but you're but 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 what about Paul? What does Paul say Acts 26 and 2? I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee touching on all things whereof I am accused of the Jews. Paul, you've been arrested? Paul, you've been put in jail? Paul, you're facing a long prison term. Your enemies have accused you, and they're trying to destroy you. But God, what are you going to do, Paul, when you have your enemy coming against you? Here's how I'm going to deal with it. I don't know what the judge is going to say. I don't know what the attorneys are going to say. I can't control what my accuser says, but I know this much. I think myself happy. I'm not going to let my mind run away with all the what could be's the what if's and the wherefore's I'm not going to let my mind get so bombarded uh, by all the trouble and what could happen uh, I'm just going to think myself happy even when I'm going through my trial so right now somebody ought to say God I'm going to help my I'm going to make myself find joy can I preach a minute more Here's here's something else Paul said, Acts 20 and 23. Look at at verse 23. He says, in in verse 22, he says, I don't know what's getting ready to happen to me. I don't really know what's going on. He said, say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. That's that's old English. Here's Here's what the new English says. The Holy Spirit tells me in city after city, That jail and suffering lies ahead. You want a word from God? That was Paul's word from God. Paul says, give me a word, Lord, give me a word. Some people, they follow prophets around. Give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. What if he just turned around and said, here's your word. Everywhere you go, you're going to jail and you're going to suffer. Okay, God, I don't want that word. Give me another word. Give me another word. The Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, not some cities, every city, that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. You're not going to make me quit just because you threaten me with trouble and trial. You're not going to shut my worship down. You're not going to shut my ministry down. You're not going to shut my prayer life down. Neither can I lie, my, count my life dear to myself, even if you kill me, even if you take my life. So that I, he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can kill me, but until the moment I die, I'm going to have joy in doing what God has called me to do. It's a mindset, folks. you got to make up your mind to have joy in your life. If y'all don't shout soon, I'm just going to keep on preaching. All right, James. All right, Paul. I understand what you said, but what about Simon Peter, the man with the keys of the kingdom? 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened Under you, God, what's going on? I'm 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 facing trial. I thought I I thought I was going to be. I thought when I served you, I was going to get roses and cupcakes in heaven for the rest of my life.
2: Come on.
0: He said, "Don't think it's strange that you're going through stuff. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that God's against you." It's not some strange thing that's happened to you because you're going through struggles. Verse 13, but rejoice. But rejoice. Inasmuch that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, the story isn't over yet. When his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding Joy, brothers and sisters, joy is a mindset. Hallelujah. I guess I'll preach on. Paul found that he and his traveling companions, he and his fellow fellow preachers were facing trouble. Here's what he said in, in 2 Corinthians 13 and 9. For we are glad when we are weak. I'm glad when I'm weak and you're strong. Come on. Some of us are so self-centered and self-focused that all we think about is ourselves. And we can't shout when somebody else is being blessed. Because we're too jealous of their blessing for us to enjoy it. Why is he getting blessed instead of me? Paul said, you know what I've learned? I've learned to be joyful when I'm struggling and you're being blessed. If you learn to shout with somebody else, someday your shout's coming too. God, when you're blessing somebody else, I'm glad about it. Somebody that's going through a trial, you ought to shout right now for the ones that aren't. I'm glad. I'm glad when you're blessed. I'm glad when you get your victory. I'm glad when you get your breakthrough. I'm glad when you have revival. I'm not jealous of other preachers. I'm not jealous of other churches. I'm not jealous of other people. When God bless, the same God that blesses them can bless me. And so I'm glad when you get your blessing. One of the keys. One of the keys to being a real disciple of Jesus Christ is to learn how to rejoice for somebody else and not yourself. It's a selfish person that can only shout when everything in their life is good. You want to learn how to have joy? Learn to rejoice with somebody else because there's always somebody having victory. Joy, look at somebody, tell them joy is a mindset Paul said to the Corinthians 2 Corinthians 7 and 4 great is my boldness of speech toward you great is my bold." he said I'm not afraid to tell you what God wants to do great is my glorying of you I'm not afraid to brag on you folks I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. The word tribulation there means pressure. Anybody dealing with pressure? It means affliction. Anybody having an affliction? It means anguish. Is anybody dealing with anguish? It means burden. Does anybody have a burden tonight? It means persecution, trouble. Anybody got any trouble? Anybody in distress? He said, Here's what I've learned. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. I've learned to understand. That troubles come and troubles go. That problems come and problems go. That situations come and situations go. I've been through some stuff in my life. I've been through some trials in my life. I've been through some, through some difficulties in my life. But you know what? I'm still here. I'm still going. I hadn't quit. I hadn't backed up. I still made it. Everything's not perfect, but I'm still here. So I've learned that even when I'm going through tribulation, I can have joy. Somebody ought to understand, joy is a mindset. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I thought I'd be done by now. I thought y'all would be shouting your your brains out and I'd be relaxed a little bit. Nehemiah said the joy, Nehemiah 8 and 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is that what he said? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Look about at somebody and tell them the joy of the Lord is your strength. The wall's not finished. I still got to fight Tobias and Balat and Gisham. I've got enemies all around. We're having to build the wall with a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. I, while I'm laying brick with the tool over here, I got to have my sword in the other hand because I got so many enemies coming at me that I don't know from moment to moment if I'm going to be working or warring, if I'm going to be building or fighting. It, it's so it's so stressful. And so much anxiety and so much trial that I don't know if I'm going to be fighting or working for God. But I know this. Nehemiah says, look, I know y'all are struggling to get done what God's calling you to get done. He said, but I just got something to remind you. Your strength is not in the soup you're going to eat when you get home. Your strength is not in the bread you're going to bake in the morning. Your strength is not in your weapon. It's not in your sword, but the joy of the Lord is your strength? Uh, let me tell the weak right now. You ought to throw your hands up to heaven and say, God, I need joy because I need some strength right now. The psalmist said, David said in Psalms 51, Restore unto me the joy. Of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. There's something about joy that holds you up when the enemy's coming against you. There's something about joy that holds you up when everything around is crashing down. Do I have any witnesses in here that you found joy in your trial? That you, you, could, you found you could have joy when you were going through it. That when it looked like there was no reason to smile, somehow, the Holy God in heaven. Hey, hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. Oh Jesus. Joy. Is a mindset. Come on, Joy is a mindset. Bishop, how many opportunities have you had to throw in the towel and say, "I've dealt with as much as I can deal with. I've been through as much as I can go through, and I can't deal with it anymore." How many of us have had plenty of opportunities to quit and say, "Okay." I'm at the end of my line, but I found something out, that there's a restoration that comes, that joy holds me up when the world's trying to knock me down, that I'm upheld, that I'm upheld by the Spirit of God when everything's crashing down on me, and I can't hold it up by myself. The Spirit of the Lord holds it up for me. I wonder if I got anybody in here that says, God, I need you to hold me up right now. And you know what God's saying? Okay, then you come after joy because it's joy that's gonna hold you up. In the middle of your trial, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Not God, God, not the joy in my work, not the joy in my investments, not the joy in my hobbies, but God, the joy of thy salvation. That if the world crashes today, I'm still born again. I've still been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm still baptized by the blood. Hey. If God never heals you, you ought to shout because you've been born again. If God never blesses you financially, you ought to have joy because of his salvation. The one thing that the devil can't take is your salvation. He can take your money. He can take your health. He can take everything else from your life. But he can't take your salvation. Uh, so it's a mindset, folks. It's a mindset. I have made up my mind. Here's what it's, it's, I didn't give him this verse, and I apologize to him for it. But David, man, David dealt with some stuff. David dealt with some stuff in his life. David dealt with some trials, some problems, some tribulations. He dealt with kids that were his. His, his sons were trying to kill each other. He 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 had he had he had uh, incestual rape among his own children. He had all that stuff going on, and here's what he said. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. I made up my mind that I'm going to rejoice. I don't know what your tomorrow holds. I don't you may be going to court tomorrow. You may be going to an oncologist tomorrow. You may be going to, to whatever tomorrow. I don't know what your tomorrow holds, but if you'll wake up in the morning and say, I will rejoice, I can promise you that God will not leave you and He will not forsake you. He will not leave you alone. But you gotta make up your mind. It's a mindset. I will rejoice and be glad. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice right now. Somebody, somebody that you've given yourself an excuse not to worship, you got to take that excuse out right now because joy is a mindset. You ought to lift your voice right now and, and say, thank you, God. I know I'm going through it, but thank you. I know I'm facing the enemy, but thank you. And I was in a church service one time and this, this lady asked if she could testify and she testified and man, her testimony she, I didn't know where she was heading with it but she started out with my husband was a mean man oh lord my husband was a drinking man my husband was a fighting man my husband was an abusive man She said, and I came home one day and I found him laying there dead on the floor. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what all's going on in your life, but I know one thing. No matter what it is, you ought to say, Thank you, Lord. I'm dealing with some stuff, but thank you. I'm going through some things, but thank you. I've faced some trials, but thank you. I've had some enemies, but thank you. I'm going to tell you, I've always had more to shout about than I have to cry about. I've always had more to thank God for than I had to be upset about. In the Somebody ought to pick your feet up right now and act like you've got a God. There's more that be with us than be with him. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. I'm going to be joyful. I'm not going to let the world steal my peace. I'm not going to let the world steal my joy. I'm not going to let the world rob my spirit. There's more that be with us. A Husband and a wife ought to join hands right now. If you're going through stuff and you ought to just say there's more that be with us than be with him. Somebody that's going through financial trouble. Maybe you ought to put your, I don't carry my wallet. I don't bring my, war, my wallet to church so people can't borrow money from me.
3: <laughs>
0: then they don't pay me back and I get a bad spirit. On, <laughs> <laughs> count it all joy. I count it joy, but I still don't bring my wallet. You ought to put your money where your wallet ought to be and say, God, I don't know how you're going to make it work. God, I don't know how it's going to work out. It looks like there's no way. But God, I've been faithful to you in my giving. Now, if you've not been faithful, you cursed yourself and you're going to have to fix that with between you and God. But God, I've been faithful. I've tithed. I've not robbed you and I've not robbed somebody else. I've been faithful in my giving. So God, you said you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. So God, I'm just going to let you be. I'm going to count it all joy and I'm going to let you work it out. God, I'm going to trust you to make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I'm going to trust you to fix it. I'm going to trust you to show up. I'm going to trust you, oh God. I see the enemy. I see their horses. I see their chariots. I see their army. But I also now have my eyes open, and I know there's more that be with us than be with them. Through a pandemic, God's on my side. Through a difficult situation, God is on my side. I wish somebody'd shout right now. I wish somebody just lift your hand and say, God, I, I can see it now. God, I can see it now. I see my hope. I see my help. I see my God. Joy is a mindset. Oh, God, help my mind. God, help my mind. God, help my mind. Help my mind to be set on joy. I'm prophesying revival for somebody I'm prophesying renewal Amen When it looks like the flame is almost out the Bible said a smoking flax, he will not quench. If there's nothing but a little smoke in your spirit, he said, I'm not going to put it out. I'm going to fan the flames. I've come to tell somebody, you feel like you're at the last, the last part of your rope and you don't know what else you can do. I'm going to tell you what you can do. You can rejoice because you got a God that's on your side. It's a mindset. I've made up my mind to find joy in my life. Man, I feel a move of the Holy Ghost here right now. Hallelujah. I'm trying to figure out what to do and I don't think I need to do anything. I think it's just a matter of you responding to what you're feeling right now. Somebody ought to drag your bones down this aisle. You ought to get out from where you are and drag your bones down to this altar and say, "God, I know I'm going through it, but I've come to rejoice. I've dealt with some stuff. It's been years of trouble. It's been years of trial, but God, I'm bringing myself here because I understand now I got a new mindset. I got a new outlook. I got a new vision, I I got a new direction now I've got understanding uh, that my mind, that if I'll set my mind to joy, that I can have victory
1: oh yes Jesus hallelujah hallelujah
0: somebody with a lost spouse you ought to just lift your hands to heaven and start rejoicing for their coming back they might be years away but you ought to just start thanking God for it somebody that's been a long time since you felt the Holy Ghost it's been a long time since you had a breakthrough you ought to just throw your hands up in heaven and say God I'm going to praise you for my breakthrough even though I don't know when it's coming I'm just going to thank you because joy is a mindset God, I don't know when my kids are coming back. I don't know when they're going to straighten up. But God, I'm going to praise you because joy is a mindset. God, open their eyes that they can see. God, I'm not asking you to send deliverance. I know it's already here. God, I'm not asking you to send angels. I know they're already here. God, I'm not asking you for sin help. I know it's already here. God, just open our eyes that we can see it. There's more that be with you than be with them. There's more that be with you than there is with them. There's more on your side than there is against you. The host of heaven is for you. Oh, that's right. Somebody ought to just begin to worship God. You ought to just begin to praise him. You ought to just begin to say words of praise in the middle of your trial. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I praise you. Come on, y'all. you got to open your mouth. It's not praise till you verbalize it. You can't praise in your mind. you got to verbalize it. It's a word of praise. you got to speak it out. God, I thank you for making a way where there seems to be no way. God, I thank you because you're a very present help in trouble. God, I thank you because you're a deliverer. You're a healer. You're a helper. And when I get to my breaking point, God, you show up. I've never seen the righteous forsaken.
1: It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset.
0: Rejoice in the Lord always. When I'm sick, rejoice. Rejoice. When I'm broke, rejoice. When I'm hurt, rejoice. When I'm weak, rejoice. When I'm struggling, rejoice. When I'm frustrated, rejoice. When I feel my faith is low, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice.
1: sabakata, Oh
0: Lord, Hallelujah! Why don't you hey, look? Look, why don't you just say, "Hey, why don't, why don't would you rejoice with me? Would would you rejoice with me? Would you rejoice with me? Look, I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world. So would you just rejoice with me? What I'm asking for is a mindset adjustment that we don't let this world steal from us the joy that God has given to strengthen us through our trials. I'm not going to let the enemy blind my eyes so I can't see. I refuse to let the enemy blind me so I can't see that God is greater than my enemy. And he's greater than my trial, and he's greater than my problem.
1: Oh, God.
0: hallelujah glory to God I feel a refreshing of the Holy Ghost here right now somebody ought to just start saying thank you Jesus somebody ought to just start saying hallelujah Lord thank God, thank God. Brother DJ, lay your hands on Brother Tapia. Lay your hands on the man of God and pray for him. Amen. Brother Will, why don't you help him pray? God bless this evangelist, this young evangelist. God, I pray you open doors for him. I pray, God, you meet every need for him. I pray, God, that you pour out a fresh anointing on his ministry and his work for you. God, I pray your hand on him. In the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's not many things harder. The only thing harder than the first year of evangelizing is the first year of marriage. So you ought to all reach a hand over to that young man, and he, he's, he's left everything to do a work for God. God, I pray your blessing on him. I pray, God, when his phone doesn't ring, you encourage him. God, when revival doesn't go how he hopes it does, just encourage him. Some of you right now are feeling led to give this young man an offering when church is over. If that's, if that's on your heart, I commission you to do it. And let God bless you and let God lead you. God, bless this young man in the name of Jesus. Look, look. I know we're focused on him right now. But if you're saying that you need God, you need a touch from God, why don't you just reach over to the person next to you and say, look, just rejoice with me. Just help me right now. Just help me, just help me get my joy right now. It doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to be a, a great big, it, it's just God, I, I just need a little joy right now. It's a mindset. Joy is a mindset. You can accept it. You can accept what the enemy's done. You can accept what he's doing, or you can step out into a new way of thinking.
1: Ha, ba, ba.
0: Hallelujah. Listen, if if your default setting, well, not if you're praying, don't stop. I'm talking to the others. If your default setting is negative and melancholy and down and discouraged, then I'm telling you right now, lift your hands to heaven and begin to thank God. Even if you don't feel it, you need to you need to challenge that mentality. You got to challenge that mindset. You got to challenge that pressure of the enemy that sent to stifle your hope and your faith and your worship. You can either accept what the enemy sends to you or you can resist it and fight back. And so, if your default setting is worry and doubt and anxiety and fear and depression, you got to force your way to act in the opposite manner because joy is a mindset. And, and, and look with your hands up. I don't want you to just to just stand there and cry. I want you to stand there and begin to worship God. Lord, I thank you. I know I got some stuff going on in my life, but God, you sent a word to me. And if there if a word from a man of God could scare the king of Syria, then a word from a man of God tonight can redirect my thinking. Amen. That's why the enemy fights the word of God. All it takes is a word from God and it can turn it all around. It's a mindset. Woo, glory to God. I resist negativity. And doubt and unbelief and fear and anxiety and discouragement. I'm pushing back against what the enemy's trying to push on to me. I'm pushing against what the enemy's trying to push onto my spirit. I'm resisting. I resist the spirit of this age that wants to attack fear, send fear to my life negativity and doubt. I refuse to live my life under a cloud all the time. I'm pushing back against that enemy. Open my eyes that I can see and touch my mindset. Oh, glory to God I feel I feel something changing for somebody. It's a season change for somebody's life. It's like the shift from winter to spring. There's a budding of faith that's coming up on somebody's spirit right now. It's a dawn of a new day for somebody. It's a mindset change. It's a paradigm redirection..
1: Ah.
0: Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> y'all, ought to not, not let one single person pray by themselves. If somebody praying, y'all to have somebody with them. Amen. You don't even necessarily have to say anything. Just let them know you're with them. Oh, Jesus. God, I pray for every parent of young children in this place. Especially for those that have just had babies recently. God, I pray a peace and a calm on their spirit. God, you didn't give them that life without purpose. And so, God, I plead the blood over every parent of young children, of babies and and toddlers. God, I plead the blood over their mind and spirit. Let the oil of joy come on them. God, I know the world is bad, but you breathe life, and you're going to make a way, oh God. They're gonna be made for such a time as this, for your work and your kingdom, and your glory, oh God. I pray protection over the children and the young people, oh God, over their mind and spirit. God, I release the gift of faith in this house tonight. I release the gift of faith, the gift of the spirit of faith over everyone that's been baptized with the Holy Ghost, God, that a supernatural faith would get a hold of our spirit and heart that will overcome the terrible pressures of this day. To give us a song in our heart even when the world is troubled around us. God, to lift up the church to be a beacon of hope for a lost and dying world. God, that when, they, when the world around us is discouraged, that they find in Holy Ghost-filled people a smile and hope and faith for a future. God, a light that nobody else in this world has but Holy Ghost-filled people. That's why the enemy wants to extinguish it because he wants you to be as hopeless as the rest of the world so the world won't know where to look for peace. But, folks, the Holy Ghost is in this church, and the power of God is in your life, and you are the light of the world, and your smile makes a difference, and your handshake makes a difference, and your words of encouragement to people make a difference. It's a mindset.
1: Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands and lift your heads with it right now lift your heads to the heavens right now and look unto the hills where your help comes from and why don't you begin to worship him and praise his holy name God's done a work in here why don't you give him some praise why don't you lift up your heads lift up your voices and look unto the heavens and give the God of all creation some praise right now come on give him some victorious praise come on lift up his name there's a lifting in this place there's a Lifting in this place, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lifting. Come on, make your shout a little louder. Come on, right now, let's lift, let's 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 lift the roof off of this place. There is a lifting in this house. There's a lifting of the spirits. There's a lifting of your souls. There's a lifting of your minds. Come on, depression is lifting off as you lift your hands and as you lift your head. Come on, I'm prophesying right now depression is being lifted off right now. Right now. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Let it go right now. There's a lifting in this house. Yeah. Come on, lift it up. Lift, up. lift him up. Lift him up. God wants to do just a little bit more. We're almost done. But worship him a little bit more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got to the most sacred, and I'm a satire. He Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I still want you to look up to heavens right now. I want you to look up at the heavens right now. I don't want you looking down right now. You got the victory. You got the victory. You got the hope. You got the hope of glory. You've got faith. You've got joy. You still got joy. God renewing your joy. Look up, look up. Look up to where your help comes from. Don't be looking down in shame. Look Look up, look up, look up, look up, look up, look up. Hallelujah Jesus, we worship you, We worship you. We lift up your name right now. I've still got joy. Even when it seemed like it was over, I still got joy. Even when all hell had broke loose, I still got joy. Even when the enemy had attacked my life, I still got joy. He attacked my body, but I still got joy. Come on, praise him right now. Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord one more great hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to do one more thing before we're dismissed, and before we begin working on that trailer out there, I want you to find somebody, at least just one person, beside you. And I want you to pray for them one more time. They've got joy right now. Don't let the enemy take it from them. We're going to pray heads of protection around them. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over their minds right now. In Jesus' name. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over every mind, heart, body, and soul in this house right now. I plead the blood of Jesus for we shall overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. God, we have spoken the word in faith. We we have spoken that despite the things that's come against us, we still got joy. We've spoken the word of faith, but God, right now, we plead the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the blood in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my neighbor. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. The enemy cannot have my joy. I'm gonna walk out of this place with a skip in my step. I'm gonna walk out of this place with joy on my face. I'm not losing my joy. I will not go back to depression. I will not go back to anxiety. I will not go back to fear. I've still got joy. I've still got joy. I plead the blood right now. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout it louder. Shout it louder. Hallelujah. Now clap your hands one more time. High five your neighbor and say, I got joy. High five, high five your other neighbor and say, I got joy. Now, don't let this suck the joy out of you right now, but we're about to go unload the trailer. Not yet. We got one more thing before. We got one more thing. I'm going to hand it back over to Brother Jonathan right now. We got
4: one more thing before we're dismissed. All right, you guys can have a seat. It's going to take us a few minutes. We won't take much of your time. Um, As you all know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, So um, this little presentation is on behalf of the Bethlehem Children's Department. We did have a video we were going to play for you guys tonight, but sometimes technology is not your friend, and it was not ours tonight. So um, kiddos, uh, those of you who are asked to participate tonight, will you come up? This is kind of the stuff we had in the video tonight, and uh, we're gonna kind of do a little mini presentation of that.
3: So we were asking the kids earlier today some questions about pastor. So I'm gonna ask each of them a different question and just tell us your best answer. It doesn't have to be right, it'll be spectacular. So, it'll be okay. What is a pastor? Uh, um, a preacher is someone that teaches others that don't know the word of God. That's awesome. That's good.
4: I'm going to switch it
3: up on you a little bit. This was not one that was asked earlier. <laughs> what, is, what is our bishop? What does he do? pastor. Right. He was the one that did that before. That's right. Good job. What's pastor's favorite food? Mexican. Mexican. He said no. (laughs) What? What would you give pastor as a gift? Money. He accepts. If you have it, you can go give it to him now. (laughs) Um, How long does pastor pray every day? How many chapters does he read in the Bible daily? Six. (laughs) I'm sure it varies. It's probably not a wrong answer. And what does pastor do every day? Preach. (laughs) You might get a little tired. (laughs) What is a question you would want to ask pastor? How long has he been been preaching? Hmm. Pastor, how long have you been preaching? Man. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if Josiah uh, Hobbs is in here, but this morning it was the cutest thing. So Sister Tori was in there when they were asking him some questions, so she was going to tell you what he said. They asked him, how old is pastor? And he said 21, and I thought you would enjoy that. And they said, "What is Pastor's favorite food?" And like literally, right as soon as he said it, he said coconuts. So, just <laughs> I just thought that was cute. <laughs> how, about, oh, how tall is Pastor? Okay. Uh, just He's uh, five. Five. He's is <laughs> very very tall. About how tall eight. is Bishop? Six feet, Six feet tall. <laughs>
4: Alright, thank you kiddos. Um, So to uh, Bishop Wilson, Sister Wilson, Brother Vasquez, and Sister Vasquez. A month, or just this little time we took to do a presentation can't begin to show enough how much we appreciate you all. In 1 Thessalonians it says, And now friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience, overwhelming them with appreciation and love. Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Um, I feel real in- inadequate up here to be able to talk about such great people. Um, brother and Sister Wilson, you are pillars of the faith. I've heard my grandparents all my life speak highly of you guys. Um, everywhere you go, it's a positive thing thing that's spoken about you, Sister V. There's so many things you think people don't see you do that we do see that you just take care of. Um, We appreciate that. Brother V, I've known him since he started preaching. I was a kid in Walnut when you come there. um, I love your heart for missions. I didn't quite know about you when you first started preaching when you were a Cowboys fan. Um, <laughs> but at least the Indiana Hoosier came to God near God's country and found out that the Rebels are the team to cheer for in Mississippi. You knew I'd throw some Ole Miss in there. Um, but we thank God for giving you the knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Your sermons—they touch our souls, they inspire us, they convict us, they step on our toes sometimes, they encourage us, and they keep us on the right path. We thank you, guys for being tender-hearted and compassionate. Compassionate. Thank you for the countless hours you take away from your family to be there for our times of joy, our times of sorrow, our times of celebration, our grief to help us celebrate and comfort, comfort us in those times of good and bad. Thank you for being a pastor, a counselor, an advocate, a teacher, and a friend. Thanks for being examples of holiness and modesty. You know, when we want our kids to grow up and we want them to see what An example of Pentecost looks like there's no better four people for you guys to look at, teens and kids. Um, John Maxwell said, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Thanks for always helping us to walk in the right path. Rick Howerton said, the role of the pastor is not to grow a big church, but to grow mature disciples who make disciples. So thank you for leading us in our church motto. Like I said, we can't say or do enough tonight to convey our appreciation, our gratitude, and our admiration for you all. The prayers, the work unseen, they're so appreciated. And I'll leave you with this. Hebrews 6 and 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work, your labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Heaven has a great reward for all you do for the kingdom. And if y'all would come out, we have just a small token of appreciation from the children's department.
2: that is all folks why don't we stand one more time let's say a prayer of dismissal and we're going to start uh, unloading this trailer lord we thank you for everything you've done tonight thank you for your goodness your mercy your grace thank you for the word you've spoken to us and god i pray as we go out tonight we have the joy of the lord on us all throughout the week we thank you for it in jesus name everyone say amen amen Amen. Amen. you can be dismissed uh brother devin is going to be doing a fundraiser this friday and saturday over here at the gym Uh, If you want your car washed, get with him. He'll be doing a car wash. Sunday school teacher meeting right here on the right, right here on my right, your left, right now.